Welcome to the Let's Keep Driving podcast, where I, Frank Eagle, bring my friends, and we talk about we talk about a place off the beam path, and then we decide if we would go to it or not. And I have two of my friends here today, Caleb and Kyle. Hello, folks. Hey. And so, the one we have today is a little bit different because it's not actually a place. It's um, it it's the thing that happened is barely remembered. And I feel that it should be brought more to awareness, even though it's not something that you would, like, technically, like, want to be proud of. I feel it needs to be talked about more. So, that's why I chose it as one of the things we're going to talk about. So, at the intersection of Commercial Street and Cobbs Hill Terrace in Boston Industrial, in Boston's Industrial North End, is a small plaque marking the location of one of the oddest tragedies to ever happen in the history of the United States. That's right, folks. We're talking about uh, the World Series when the Boston Red Sox won, <laughs> and everyone proceeded to flip over every cop car in town and burn down half of their stores. Did that actually happen? I'm, no, but I'm assuming it did. <laughs> Boston is an awful sports city. And no matter if they win or lose, there will be insane amounts of property damage. And I just lost, like... Half of my fan base now. You didn't know? I have, like, all Boston fans that listen to this podcast. Well, uh, it's their fault for living in Boston, I guess. What did Boston do to you? Boston's a great city. Boston I don't know what you're talking I've about. I've actually never been to Boston. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's not, like, like Jersey or something. Like, you would listen. It's not, okay, it's not Philly. Yeah, it, Okay, we are well. There goes my East Coast. <laughs> uh, we've literally said every single. I've lost the entire East Coast. The entire East Coast is just like, and I don't know what's going to happen, folks. I've just been informed that I'm never coming back to this podcast. <laughs> so, molasses is a sweetener that is made from refining sugar cane or sugar beets into sugar. I don't know why I wrote it like that. That's really weirdly worded. Um, so basically, it's it's like syrup, but it's of a different density and it's used for different things and in early American history molasses was exported to the US from the West Indies to make rum thus like they had the slave you know the triangle like in school they teach yeah. you about where yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah. the slavery molasses and uh, rum yeah. triangle right yeah I remember four so <laughs> molasses was a, a large part in the human trafficking trade in that in that time frame and up until the 1800 or 1880s, molasses was the most popular sweetener in the United States because it was much cheaper than refined sugar, and it was considered particularly tasty with salt. So essentially, it was the modern day sugar, except it was, it was tasty with salt. <laughs> yeah, huh? I mean, sugar isn't good for you either. So, like, it makes sense that it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. It's all, you know, you should just, anytime I start to say something absolutely weird, you should probably just cut me off and just be like, man, that's that's pretty weird, Frank. Oh, huh, we've saved an hour on the podcast already. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so at the time, uh, industrial alcohol is, you make it from fermented molasses, and it's highly profitable, and it it's big, it's very big. And they also use it to make munitions and other weaponry for World War One. Hmm. So it, it's like a big industry. Like, this is something like, this is like making a lot of money in a time 
where big industries are starting to boom. Like, this is the Industrial Revolution. Things are starting to change. And in 1915, a molasses tank was built along Boston's waterfront on Commercial Street upside Cobbs Hill. And the tank was massive to keep up with the demand of the product. So it was 50 feet high, 90 feet in diameter, and could hold up to 2.5 million gallons. That is huge. That's like 50 feet high. I mean, I'm not very good at like compare. I like always to have like a comparison of how big that is. So if you could think of like what that would be like the size wise. Yeah, I can't even think of anything. It holds a decent amount of molasses. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's the point to take away from it is that <laughs> it's basically it's a big tank. Yeah, there's a lot of molasses going in and out of Boston. And, in fact, actually, I even have it here that no above-ground receptacle in Boston had ever held more. Wow. So this is, like, this is the biggest tank with the most amount of molasses. And I guess they're trying to, like, get a stranglehold in the Boston industry. And but it, there's an issue. There's a, there's a bit of an issue. See, to satisfy the demand, the tank had to be built fast. Way too fast. Often it would leak and make rumbling noises. Jeez. Yeah. It's like your stomach when you're hungry for some molasses. Except this is a giant tank of, like, a liquid. And, like, is you know when things are rumbling? Mm -hmm. That's not a good sign that it's sturdy. Like, if my fridge starts to rumble, or, like, something, anything, just starts to rumble, I'm probably going to take it back to the store and replace it. And this is a corporation that's making billions of dollars, and they're just like, eh, okay. And, like, can you imagine, like, the rumbling that's coming from, like, a 50-foot tank? Yeah. And, it just and wakes you in the middle of the night. Yeah. And still, the tank was used during and after the war. Wow. So, let me set the scene for you. Boston. Christmas just passed. You know, I mean, it's like, it's January 15th, 1990. No, 1919. Very big difference. <laughs> and, you know, Christmas has passed, New Year's Day. It's a couple weeks in. It's like right around now, actually. It's, it's like around now. It's got that... But it, it's, it's a weird day in January. It's an unusually warm day for January. Hmm. And it was around 40 degrees, just like it is today, and slowly rising. And it was a huge contrast from the night before, which had frigid temperatures. Typical January temperatures. And the tank was nearly full thanks to a recent infusion of 2.3 million gallons of Puerto Rican molasses. Wow. Horse-drawn wagons and motor trucks made deliveries to areas, businesses, and to the ships moored in the harbor. Employees of the Department of Public Works took a break from their jobs at the DPW stables, offices, and workshops to eat lunch outside. You know, it's a beautiful afternoon. It's warmer than usual. People are out enjoying themselves. Shorts and sandals weather in Boston. Shorts yeah. and sandal weather before shorts and sandals. And then shit hits the fan. So at around 12.30, witnesses reported feeling the ground shake and heard a roar. A long rumble similar to the passing of an elevated train. Wow. Not good. <laughs> A tremendous crashing, a deep growl, or a thunder-like bang. 
This was the rivets shooting out of the tank as it began to collapse. Nice. They're shooting out? Yeah. It's like, it's 2.3 million gallons. So, people don't realize water is like the most powerful substance on the planet. Like, it, there, you could be an experienced swimmer, but if you're in rough water, water wins, always. And this isn't water, this is thicker and stronger than water. So, if it's going somewhere, it's going. Um, oh, I got locked up for a second. Come back. Okay. So, where was I? There we go. Um, a 15-foot wave of 26 million pounds of molasses began tearing down Commercial Street, moving at 35 miles per hour. That's oh God. incredible. Well, these poor people are eating lunch. Completely hey, I mean, not ready for it. There has to have been at least like one or two people who were eating like a sandwich, and it was just like... Bland cardboard bread. This is like, oh, this could use some molasses. And bam, there it is. <laughs> Wish granted. You're welcome. And this is probably one of my favorite things. Boston Police Patrolman Frank McManus. So, Boston Irish, you know. Mm-hmm. Shouted into his transmitter, send all available rescue vehicles and personnel immediately. There's a wave of molasses coming down Commercial Street. <laughs> Get your oboes. <laughs> Which is, I don't know if I could ever make that call because it's like, who is gonna believe you at yeah, that point? It, like, that's like, I w- I would not believe that. Yeah. If you just, yeah. It sounds like it's a prank. Like, there's no way, but it engulfed everything within a two block radius. The Boston Globe would later write that the force of the molasses wave caused buildings to crinkle up as though they were made of pasteboard. Oh my god! Nice. Because I think when people think molasses, they're like, oh, it's like fun. It's it's going 35 miles per hour. Anything in its way, it's like, it's a flash flood. Jeez. I just, like, what if, like, Mount Vesuvius erupted, but instead of everyone being, like, enveloped and covered in ash, it was just molasses. Exactly. I'm just imagining that thought. It's just, like, a horse and, like, a, a person are just permanently encased in, like, this this brown, sticky substance. Yeah, but I think it sounds funny, like, the actual idea of it. Like, oh, Boston molasses flood, but it's actually really horrifying. Like, for example, the Boston Globe reported that people were picked up by a rush of air and hurled many feet. (laughs) Which, yeah. Others had debris hurled at them from the rush of sweet-smelling air. And everyone that day got Which is just an... I just... I want to point this out. It's just a weird quote where they're like, we just want to add that the air smelled fantastic (laughs) while these people were getting thrown across the entire block. The air in Boston never smelled that good again. (laughs) What a day. What a day. A truck was picked up and hurled into Boston Harbor. Hell yeah. It's (laughs) world's best recreation of the Boston Tea Party. Yes. Ever. The force of the wave was so strong, nearby buildings were swept from their foundation, damaged the garters of a nearby elevated railway, and managed to momentarily knock a railway car off the tracks. A railway car? Yeah. It it went back into place, (laughs) but it moved. That's incredible. So, uh, electric poles, they start going over, exposing live wires. Oh, man. 65-year-old Bridget Cloher- Cloherty 
Boston, everyone, um, was on the porch of her house when she was knocked over and drowned or crushed by the sheer force of the pounds of molasses. Oh, my God. Anthony DiStasio was walking home with his sisters from Michelangelo School when he was picked up by the wave. He gets carried, tumbling on its crest, almost as though he was surfing. (laughs) Then he grounded and the molasses rolled him like a pebble as the wave diminished. He heard his mother call his name, and he couldn't answer. His throat was so clogged with smothering goo. He passed out, then opened his eyes to find three of his four sisters staring at him. (laughs) (laughs) That's an amazing mental image. There are worse ways to go. I mean, he didn't die, but... What a story. That is like... A, like a cool story like you y- kids think you had it hard try being knocked off by a molasses wave I got punched in the face by a molasses wave and uh, like my throat got clogged by all this shit and did I, I mention I went surfing on molasses yeah fuck off grandkids oh you hurt your foot today playing kickball at school yeah try uh, try getting sucker punched by brown goo I'm sorry did you did you hear about old Lady McGinnis up the street? She got swept away. She was crushed to death by uh, by sugar. Think about that next time you complain about uh, being picked last at uh, football recess. Whippersnapper. <laughs> you be a dick, Grandpa. Okay. Uh, hey, I went through serious trauma on account of a wave of molasses. Molasses wave. In my youth. Yes. Martin Clogger, Clog, oh my god, does everybody have a name that just sounds so, like, Irish in this? I think so. No, because you know how in Australia it was basically just, like, Prisoner Island? Mm -hmm. That's, that's, Boston is that, but for the Irish. So I just realized Bridget and this guy have the exact same name, last name. I don't think they're related, though. Actually, they might have been. I'm gonna assume that they were, but this was going somewhere else in the house. Um... Because I think I remember reading something that he wasn't able to... Yeah, okay. So, Martin Martin had just awoken only to find the molasses that hit his home. I was in bed on the third floor of my house when I heard a deep rumble, he remembered. When I awoke, it was in several feet of molasses. (laughs) He nearly drowns in the gooey whirlpool for climbing atop his own bed frame, which he discovered floating nearby. (laughs) The barman used the makeshift boat to rescue his sister, Teresa. So the third floor of his house got flooded with molasses. <laughs> this, sounds, yes. this almost sounds like out of a cartoon. Yeah. Honestly. It doesn't sound... it. And you know, the funny part is, like, in a cartoon, people get back up and, like, they walk around, they're fine, but people none don't of, walk around after being hit. Absolutely none of this seems real. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... Several blocks were flooded to two to three feet in syrupy brown liquid. And it would get worse from there. See, the sudden change of temperature caused the molasses to slowly grow more sticky and hard to move in. Oh my gosh. Remember how you were talking about horses getting stuck before? No way. Molasses waist deep covered the street and swirled and bubbled about the wreckage. Here and there, oh, by the way, this is all according to the Boston Globe. Here and there struggled a form, whether it was animal or human being was impossible to tell. Hell yeah. Only only you would be like, yeah, animals die. This is great. I win. I'm just happy I was right. Only an upheaval 
A thrashing about in sticky mass showed where any life was. Horses died like so many flies on sticky oh on sticky God. fly paper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. Oh my God! So things are going great in South <laughs> Boston. Um, so the first to respond was 116 cadets under the direction of Lieutenant Commander H. G. Copeland from the U.S. Nantucket, a training ship for the Massachusetts Nautical School, which is now the Massachusetts Maritime Academy that was not nearby at Playground Pier. So they run several blocks toward the accident and they work to keep curious, to keep the curious away. Like, because... Because that would work so well. They apparently said they worked to keep yeah. the curious from getting in the way of the rescuers, oh. while others entered into knee-deep, sticky messes to pull up the survivors. Oh, my gosh. I find it inter- I mean, I get it because it's a wave of molasses, and like it's not something you see every day, mm-hmm. but how do you manage to get in the way of that? It's How many people yeah. do, you, do you think were, like, were totally unaware of what had happened and then walk outside and, like, there's just a big pool of molasses. You're like, oh, cool, and get in it and get stuck. How many people do you think, like, like stumbled into that situation and had to be rescued? I mean, it doesn't actually say anything about that, but I would not be surprised if that honestly was the case. The injured were so numerous that doctors and surgeons set up a makeshift hospital in a nearby building. Rescuers found it difficult to make their way through the syrup to help the victims. And I'm going to show you some pictures, and I want you guys, this is, my, this is a part of the podcast, where you describe to the audience exactly what you see. Okay? Let me, give me a few seconds, because I want to grab all the pictures. Okay. I'm going to probably cut this part for editing. All right. Okay, so there's two pictures. Oh, this is the first one. Okay. I want you to describe to the audience exactly what you see. All right, so there's it's like a lot of firefighters and rescue workers, and what is that wreckage? There's. It's hard to tell in black and white. Yeah. It just, it just looks like they're tr- trumping through like mud or stuff. Yeah, that's but honestly like, what it looks like, but. It's still, like, really weird. They're, like, there's this wreckage under this bridge, and all these people are, like, mucking about in, like, Shinhai molasses. Mm-hmm. Is it also raining, or is it just me? It might be, actually, the reflection of the it molasses. It could be the yeah. Because oh it's God. so, like, syrupy right. that it actually <laughs> looks like it's... That's insane. I didn't even notice that. Okay, and this is... Oh my a God. better one. <laughs> I, w- I really wish it would have been colored pictures. From, yeah, from yeah. this era. It's like that's insane. It looks like, like the thing is, it looks like flooding. Like it doesn't yeah, look like yeah. even molasses. Like it looks like just a really bad hurricane. Hit. It does. Yeah, and like wow. at least the train tracks are safe though. Yeah, it, that's about it though. That's and like pretty much it. Yeah. The thing that I find really interesting is that it literally looks like a hurricane came through. Like, it yeah. doesn't look like somebody accidentally spilled molasses across the right. harbor. Okay. It's like a wind destruction. 
So, now that we've looked at that, and the audience gets that this is pretty serious stuff, um... If you don't, Google it. Yeah, it's worth a Google, I would say. So, four days elapsed before they stopped searching for victims. Jesus. Many of the dead were so glazed over in molasses, they were hard to recognize. Oh my god. I bet they're all, like, perfectly preserved, too. Well, molasses doesn't preserve... I actually have no idea if molasses preserve, But I would imagine, like, if you're so glazed over in molasses that you can't recognize somebody, that it's... I don't think that's preserving you. That's just covering you. Like, you look like literal Aunt Jemima bottle. Like, I know that's, like, an awful thing to say, but, like, that's literally probably what it was like. Actually, you know what? Believe it or not, that's how Mrs. Butterworth came to be. (laughs) They just found one of the corpses. Like, ah, I'll make a good syrup bottle. (laughs) And and there it is. And ladies and gentlemen, our award for the darkest joke ever made on this podcast. (laughs) Kyle Sherry. Huzzah! That's what I'm here for. Now how am I going to segue into this? There's going to be no way, easy way to segue into this. The book claimed 21 lives and another 150 people. Wait what? Wait what? I just read that. And I was like, wait a minute. Claimed a hundred or twenty-one lives and another hundred fifty people. Huh. Oh, well, now I feel like fool. Oh, well, we can cut this out. The most important part of it. I should know it. Okay, hold on one second. Here we go. Yeah, it's 21. 21 people. Let me, yeah, let me just... Right. So the flood claimed 21 lives, and they actually have a list of all the people on the, the Wikipedia page for it, if you're interested in looking into it. It's really sad, because it's actually like a really... It's a mix of different ages and different occupations. Um... And I believe that a, a, a lot of uh, rescuers would... There is a couple of rescuers that actually died while trying to rescue because there's a couple firefighters wow. and different people like that. So, so where do you go from here? Your entire Wait. south industrial district has been flooded by molasses. This is just the first logical step to a real-life candy land. Yeah. Yeah, except... It's January. Oh, no. It's cold outside, and you have all this molasses. And molasses it's, ice skating rink, baby. Well, that actually would be an amazing idea. You could, you could milk this for all it's worth. Except honestly. people died in it, so they probably weren't like, yeah, let's do it. Um, it's like that they have a, a skating rink in China, or uh, one of those countries out in Asia. I think it's China. Um, and they literally put dead fish. Right, right. They froze them into the ice. Wow, and you literally skate weird. on it. But it was doing so bad, like, because the ice was melting. Melting on the fish. And the people were accidentally skating over oh. this fish. <laughs> so it was just blood everywhere. Oh, on ice skating ice. rink slash sushi bar. <laughs> yes. It's like, that That would be probably... Like, imagine that in Boston, except you're skating over and you just notice, like, a horse head looking at yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, there's going to be a problem. you got to clean up. And 
So what what are you gonna do to clean up like twenty six million gallons of molasses? You hire an army of fat orphan children to eat at the molasses away. How how about you get a the salt water from a fireboat to wash the molasses away? That would also work. And you use sand to try to absorb it. Effectively, their work turned the harbor brown from the molasses oh, until God. the summer. Yeah, right. Molasses <laughs> and not industrial sewage. No. I mean, like, molasses, you can tell, like, right. it has a much different look from it. Mm. And this is 1910, so if they take note and they're like, yeah, it, it, it was brown this one summer, you know it, it's really brown. Yeah, that's, oh, man. Rescue workers and cleanup crew and sightseers had tracked molasses through the street and spread it to the subway platforms, to the seats inside trains and, oh, and streetcars, to payphones, uh, telephone headsets, and into homes. Oh my god. Nice. Quote, everything a Bostonian touched was sticky. Oh god. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> All over the damn city. <laughs> it took over... 87,000 man-hours to remove the molasses from the surrounding streets and houses. Oh. Now we get to the blame game. <laughs> the entire city is sticky. It's it's cold and sticky. It's going to get warm in the summer, and it's probably going to be sticky then. Your harbor is brown. Somebody's going to pay. Mm-hmm. People are dead. Someone has to pay. So litigations took six years, and they involved some 3,000 witnesses and so many lawyers that the court or courtroom couldn't hold them all. Wow. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Boston, Just get one lawyer, you idiots. No, but it was, the thing was, it was so many different witnesses with individual lawyers. You had 3,000 witnesses all with, like, different lawyers, so there were so many in there, and they all want blood. An army of lawyers. So, Industrial Alcohols, they're the company that owned the gallons of molasses that spilled into the streets, Mm -hmm. and they argued that the tank's collapse was not the result of shitty worksmanship. They argued that since alcohol was a main ingredient of molasses, and it was also an ingredient in government munitions, anarchists must have sabotaged the tank by detonating a bomb. <laughs> oh my god. Antifa did it. Yeah. You know, there's the Twinkie defense, and then there's the anarchist rum explosion uh, defense. That's hilarious. They're really stretching, is, is wow. pretty much that. But the truth was, surprisingly, the company was involved. <laughs> Surprisingly. See, they had built this tank in every wrong way. Oh my god. The tank's walls were far too brittle, and the man who oversaw the construction wasn't an engineer or an architect. What? In fact, he couldn't even read a blueprint. <laughs> Hell yes. That's Hell hilarious. yes. Apparently, the company dealt with complaints of cracks and leaks in the tank by literally covering the tank with brown paint. <laughs> The paint? No They way. literally just painted the tank brown. Oh, that rules. Because oh it was leaking, and it's brown molasses. Well, they just painted it. That's actually very clever. <laughs> it's just Ridiculous. like, it's just so funny clever. to me that that was their master plan, was a bucket of paint. That's something out of, like, a Simpsons 
episode. <laughs> That's the problem with this. It sounds so ridiculous it that does. there's no way this could be possibly true, and it actually happened. Who, who would have thought that uh, corporate oversight and uh, <laughs> cutting corners to the point of comic laziness would have produced such a mass tragedy like this? Wow. I, I never would have That's never that. happened before. It's almost as though this would be the first time this has ever happened. Ever, like, in... Yeah, Corporate yeah. greed going so far to hurt people? It's unheard of. <laughs> what? In 2015, it was found out the metals that made the tank were the same of those used building the Titanic. Oh, wow. Everything is connected. <laughs> Everything is connected. The company paid off between... Oh, Lord. Numbers. I should have written this out in not numerals because it's easier to read. Fifty thousand and one million. One million. Uh, survivors of those killed reportedly got seven thousand per victim. Wow. In that time, I, I don't know if that was a bargain or not. It seems like a lot of money back then. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could. I think so. Oh, I, yeah. this will sum it up. Oh, sorry. That would be enough money for you to, like, move out of Boston. Yeah. Move to a nice non-molasses part of town, I guess. Um, in today's dollars, the property damage is estimated at over... I want you guys to guess how much. I'd say somewhere in the millions. Give me a number. Like, a hundred million dollars. Bingo, $100 million. No way. At over $100 million. All right, nice. Oh my gosh. So after white sugar prices dropped dramatically, uh, massive amounts of customers, they switch over from molasses to sugar. So like, realize, how soon after is that? Like, after the... This is, like, the... very shortly oh after. Like, this is very shortly after. That's, that's real dumb. Uh, and this eventually led to the decline in molasses across the country. Wow. You know, That's I, corporate America for you. Yeah, yeah. baby. God bless America. Wow. So, despite this being one of the most strange and deadly man-made disasters, the only sign of it that remains is a small plaque. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, which is made out of molasses. Which is... It's just a tiny plaque, and it's, it's like, almost hidden. It's like this green little plaque. It's, like, out of the, out of the way of everything. Oh, and uh, it's if you want to find it, the plaque is located at the entrance to Harbor Walk at the intersection of Commercial Street and Cobbs Hill Terrace. Wow. It's almost like a, hey, you remember that this happened? Uh, me neither. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, and then my final note is, in September 2013, 1,400 tons of molasses spilled into Honolulu Harbor. Yes. Yes. And wow. that is the end of our story. I remember, you know, I remember hearing about um, this this disaster in fourth grade in in school, and we were reading. We read this book about the great molasses flood of Boston, and like the main character is like this kid. I don't know if he like skipped school or just like ran out of home, his house or whatever instead of doing chores. Just like roaming around the streets, and all of a sudden the uh, the bl- the molasses flood begins, and he ends the book like he got hit by. I think he became like a cripple, 
Like, I, just, I think at the, the, the end of the book, he had, like, a cane, and he was just hobbling along because he's, like, he got walloped by this giant <laughs> wave of molasses. From what I can remember, this is a long time ago. And then, like, we each in that class had a spoonful of molasses and <laughs> all collectively came to the conclusion that it is awful that you should not have it on its own. And they tried to fix the problem with brown paint. <laughs> I think that's the biggest takeaway we that, got from this. Actually, that's that's incredibly good. That's yeah. great. That um, so my question is, obviously, it's a plaque. If you were to visit this, it's a plaque. But my thing is, if there was to be some sort of museum about this, I would go to it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or some sort of thing. And it that, is a monument to incredible, like, capitalist incompetence. Mm-hmm. Yes. But also, at the same time, an event so ridiculous that if you were to hear it, you'd be like, there's no way. There's this no sa- way. This yeah. seems like... And it's sad that the only recognition it has... And I get it because it's a tragedy... But at the same time, there are tragedies that have more recognition. Yeah, right. And that is that is something straight out of like cloudy with a chance of meatball. That's what yeah. I was literally thinking about. Was like this is literally that like, is a cutaway gag from really, cloudy yeah. with a chance yeah. of meatballs. Like, how have there been no movies made on this? Right. Like, instead yeah. of doing like another nine eleven movie, just make a film about the molasses flood. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. All right, so. This has been it. Peace out.